All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Good morning. Glad to have you here. Glad to have you here, Jed. Now, last time we were talking about... <laughs> Sometimes when I look at him, he just makes me want to smack him, but he's a, he's a good guy. Go ahead, Jed. Now, see, last time <laughs> we were talking about life and the Spirit. Oh, the yeah, the fruit so of the Spirit. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. We have to work against the fleshly desires. There you go. Us. Correct. All right. So kind of as an illustration for that, but also diving into maybe the work of the Spirit in different people's lives. Someone requested um, a while back you had done Passage Attack on Saul's conversion. Okay. And they asked if we could go through the conversion of Cornelius from Acts 10 and 11. Okay. So I guess that's what we're going to try to do today. Okay. So Acts 10 and 11 cannot be just looked at as a chunk. Okay. Acts 10 and 11 is crucial to one of the major themes of Luke-Acts, and that is that in the latter days, in the time of the Messiah, mm -hmm. there would be an outpouring of God's Spirit upon all flesh, meaning yeah. Jews and Gentiles. And from the beginning of Luke, even, you know, this this idea of a light for revelation to the Gentiles, Luke mm -hmm. chapter 2, uh, it, 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 it comes in, and the synagogue at, at Nazareth, you know, uh, he Jesus gives in Luke 4, he gives illustrations of how, you know, there were many lepers in Israel during the days of Elisha, but uh, he didn't heal any of those. He healed a Gentile, a Syrian, mm -hmm. you know, Naaman, the leper. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the same, uh, another illustration of the same thing. And so throughout, there is this leaning toward a time when God was going to reach out to the Gentiles. Yeah. At, at the end of Luke, uh, in Luke twenty four forty seven, read mm -hmm. that for us. Twenty four forty seven says, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. See, to all nations. Yeah, but the word nations is the same as the word for Gentiles. It's ethnic in, mm. and so even there, you know, Jesus was saying this is what's going to happen in in Acts two in the Great Pentecost sermon. You know, he quotes Joel too, right? You know, the Spirit will be poured out on all flesh, so that whoever mm. calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, saved. yeah. And so, three thousand Jews became Christians that day. Yep. And then more people were added to them. But finally, God was not satisfied, leaving them all collected there in Jerusalem. Yeah. Saul began to persecute the church. Acts 8 and 4, those that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Yeah. So Philip goes down to Samaria. Oh. Well, see, Samaritans There's were a lot really of not there. Jews. Yeah. There might have been some intermix there. Mm-hmm. And Samaritans believed, but that was not really total Gentile. Okay. And now here we are in Acts 10, and... Uh, Cornelius is a Gentile, clearly a Roman soldier, mm -hmm. and he's praying, and oh my goodness, God is actually listening to this guy's prayer. Yeah, and, which, as a reader of that, when this was written, mm -hmm. if a Jewish audience is reading this, that would have been fairly startling to them? Yeah, definitely, and um, it, it seems that if you read this whole passage, you know, um, 
God tells Cornelius to send for Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cornelius is praying and God is listening. And then Peter on the rooftop sleeping, he sees this vision of the unclean animals. Mm-hmm. And they're coming down and he says, I've never eaten anything yeah. unclean. And God says, what God has cleansed, you don't call common. You yeah. Know? And immediately in verse nine, or verse 16, mm-hmm. after this happened three times, uh, the sheet is taken back up into heaven. Peter wakes up to a knock on the door downstairs. And I'm guessing it's tied to Cornelius. It is. There's some <laughs> Gentiles at his door. Yeah. Uh, from Cornelius, right. and, and they want him to go with them to a Gentile's house. Yeah, they want him to walk with them, come into his house, and spend time with a man who's not just any Gentile. He's like a Roman you know, guard. It doesn't make I mean, any difference, I, because in Matthew 18, for example, when Jesus is given the go to your brother if he sins against you thing, yeah, if you know, take two or three witnesses, then if he if he doesn't conform to them, then let him be to you as a Gentile. Yeah. That means have nothing whatsoever to do with him. Yeah. Well, and I mean, for Peter, Peter was, wasn't Peter the zealot, you know? No. No? No. No? Different Peter? No, he wasn't the zealot. Simon the zealot was the other apostle, but he was definitely anti-Gentile. Okay. There was kind of this group in there. Sorry. Mixing up Simon Peter and Peter. So he has a big sure. problem, but the Spirit says, do not hesitate, okay. verse, verse 20. Go with these guys, I have sent them. Yeah. So Peter's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. But he does it anyway. <laughs> and God's very active in this story, I have to say. He is very active. Like, there's plenty of times where he almost feels like a background player or he's kind of watching things play out. Yep. So I get the feeling that Luke, the writer of Acts here, is really trying to get across the point this is not something that Peter went off on a wild hair. This is not something strange. Very much so. God desires this to finally get going. And that is exactly the point of these two chapters gotcha. because God is proving that this is what he wants. Mm-hmm. So he gets to Cornelius' house, and not only is Cornelius there, but Cornelius has gathered family, friends, everybody else. Yeah. And they're waiting for for um, Peter. Mm-hmm. Look at verse 27 and... Read down a little ways there. Okay. Starting in verse 27. And chapter 10. And he talked with him. Sorry, there we go. He went in and found many persons gathered. He said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate with or visit anyone from another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked then, why have you sent for me? Now, this is really interesting when Cornelius answers. Yeah, Cornelius says here in verse 30, Four days ago, at about this hour, I was praying in my house at the ninth hour, and behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms have been remembered before God. Send therefore to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is called Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon a tanner by the sea. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. All right. So here's this Gentile. He's just as open hearted as he can be. And And with no holds barred, we want to hear everything God has told you to tell us. Everything. Mm -hmm. No holds barred. So Peter's conclusion about what's happened so far and what God has done is in verse 
34 and 35. And this is the this is the big point that this whole thing wants to make. Mm. Read it for us. So, so when Peter opened his mouth, he said, Truly I understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Now see, the old versions say, of a truth I perceive. Mm. And um, the NIV says, I now realize Mm-hmm. So it's not that Peter has known has has felt this all along, even though Jesus made those statements. Yeah, he's saying it has finally dawned on me. Yeah, that God really is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, yeah, those that do right are acceptable to Him. And then He preaches the gospel, and then um, the Spirit of God, while He's preaching, comes down upon these Gentiles. Now to oh, fill in the blanks. You. Peter is really nervous about going, so he takes some Jewish brethren with him. Okay. And that's part of the story here. And, yeah. and he takes those Jewish brethren as witnesses. Yeah. This that, isn't like backup that he's scared of the Gentiles. This no, is, he's scared of the Jewish brethren, and yeah. he wants to make sure that they witnessed whatever happens. Yeah. So he takes backup with him, these Jewish brethren. And while he's about to finish up his sermon, the Spirit of God just descends upon these Gentiles, Mm -hmm. and they start speaking in tongues. (laughs) And the Jewish brethren are like, whoa, what in the world is this? Yeah. You know? And so then, if you read verse 44 and Mm -hmm. 45 and 46. Okay. So while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the words, and the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking in tongues and extolling God. All right, so so if you compare verse 45 and 46 mm-hmm. to verse 34 and 35, mm. see, Peter was convinced in 34 and 35. Yeah. Now these guys that are with him mm-hmm. have been blasted upside the head, and they're also <laughs> convinced. Because this is sounding a lot like Acts 2. Yeah, we're going to get there. Okay. But first, I want to show you why this is happening. Okay. Okay. So the sign upon the Gentiles was not to convince the Gentiles. The design of it had nothing to do with the salvation of the Gentiles. Yeah. It was strictly about convincing the Jews that it was okay to go to these Gentiles. And we get that knowing that Cornelius was already praying to and giving alms to God, and he was already kind of sharing what little he might have known with his family enough to gather them together and say this is important. So it's like he's already been somewhat convinced that this is a direction he needs yeah, to go. Yeah, it's, it's not about Cornelius. Yeah. This is about Peter and the Jews. Okay. All right, so so then if you'll look at, Ju- at Peter's question in verse 47, yeah. he starts out saying, Can anyone withhold water for baptism? Now, why would they want to withhold the water? Oh, because it's not for the Gentiles. It's, yeah, it's, it's, these are Gentiles. So yeah. the, the question is, can you stop me now, you Jewish witnesses, uh, from going yeah. through with this? And then if you go back over to chapter 11, which we're going to get into in a minute. I don't know how much time we've got left. But in chapter 11, look at verse 17. And this is when Peter is called on the carpet to Jerusalem to explain his behavior about going to the Gentiles. I'll read verse 17. It says, If then God gave the same gifts to them 
as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I that I could stand in God's way? All right. Who was I to think I could oppose God? Mm. Yeah. Can anyone forbid the water mm. backing up to uh, 10? Uh, 47 there? 1028. He says, okay. he says, um, you know, it's against the law for us to go here. And he was hesitant even to go into Cornelius's house. Yeah. Why have you sent for me? See, the whole tenor of the passage is that God needed to prove to the Jews that it was okay yeah. to accept the Gentiles. Hmm. All right. So um, now to the, some peripheral questions they'll be asked about this. I'm sure. You got your comparison with Acts 2. Okay. In Acts 2, the Holy Spirit fell upon the apostles, mm -hmm. and they began to speak in these other languages and so forth. It was a miracle. It was similar to what happened to the yeah. Gentiles. All right? Now, that miracle on Pentecost was not for the apostles. It was for the people who heard. It was for the crowd. Yeah. And so the sign was to convince the crowd. It had nothing to do with the salvation of the apostles. Mm -hmm. And that was going to be my, my part of the question is, is it a sign rather than a salvation? Absolutely, in both cases. Okay. It is totally a sign to the other people present. Yeah. So in the Pentecost case, it was a sign to the hearers that the risen Christ was really alive and present and working through these apostles. In the case of Acts 2, you go down to um, verse... Um, uh, 32 and 33, this is where Peter is telling them the purpose of the sign. Yeah, he said, this Jesus who was raised up and of all the, and of that we all are witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and receiving from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. So the risen Jesus has poured out this that you yourselves, all of you out there are seeing in us, see, yeah. so the Here's sign the was a proof to the audience that Jesus was alive. Okay. And in Acts 11, clearly the sign, if you follow the storyline, was a proof to the Jews that the Gentiles are to be accepted. Yeah. Now then later, to, to make sure we really get this as the truth, if you'll turn over, by the way, uh, he, he still commanded them to be baptized, and the purpose of baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus is remission of sins. Mm -hmm. But in Acts 15, um, you've got in verse 6 through 8, mm -hmm. a little statement of Peter, and the, the question in this conference was, do the Gentiles have to be circumcised in order to be saved? Do they have to become Jews? Yeah in order to be saved. Read 6 through 8 in Acts 15. All right. It says, The apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. After there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in early days God made a choice among you that by mouth, or, sorry, hang on, made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the words of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. All right. So God proved yeah. that it, this was okay yeah. by doing that thing in Acts 10. Okay. And he's not, and again, he's still not talking about, and that's how they were saved. He's saying this was the sign to us that this was his will. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 
I don't know if I've ever had it walk through exactly like that, but it does clarify the point in the story. That's what I wanted you to see. Yeah. Is this is the point of the story. It's not that these are saved in a different way. Right. It's that this shows you hard-headed Jews that I want you to go to the Gentile. Yeah. Because usually we get that point when Peter's having the, you know, the animals dropped and we kind of leave that point behind when we yep. move on into Cornelius' story. Yep. And then we start debating the, mm-hmm. so were they saved when the spirit came on them or not? It, mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's the point being made time and time again. Yes. Okay. So I hope that helped. Hopefully that was uh, uplifting, enjoyable, maybe clarifying. Clarifying is a good word, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so. And if you have questions about it, write them in. Send them on in. Like I said last week, we try our best to get to them as soon as possible um, and reply by email, text. Sometimes we even do a full video on it. Looky there. So thanks for joining in. See you next time.